one of the most frequent complaints made to us is that there is currently a tariff vacuum in the private healthcare sector that makes it very difficult for schemes and members to estimate and compare the cost of care among providers. We have two proposals to remedy tariff vacuum. Firstly, a regulatory solution where the supply side regulator will set tariffs after extensive consultation with stakeholders in a public forum. Secondly, a multilateral price setting mechanism where stakeholders conduct tariff negotiations and reach agreement under a negotiation framework determined by the supply side regulator. In both cases, failure to reach agreement and or fundamental disagreements with the outcomes of the process will be resolved through a process of compulsory arbitration mechanism. And regardless of the eventual form of price setting mechanism, we recommend that the tariffs for prescribed minimum benefit should be binding and the tariffs for non-PMP conditions will have the status of reference tariffs. Bilateral negotiations between funders and providers, not just corporate providers like hospitals and pathologists, are wholly supported by the health market inquiry. We see bilateral negotiations as essential if wider adoption of meaningful risk transfer through performance-based contract is to be attained. The inquiry also proposes that a broad group of stakeholders be involved in price-setting forum. Representative of providers, funders, government and civil society should also participate in the process. Justice Ngobo also said that the system of preferred supplier network is beneficial to clients, uh, but there are, there are still some concerns in that regard as well. There are, however, concerns about the potential exclusionary effect of these networks. The health market inquiry thus recommends that there be greater transparency in the selection of designated providers to be on the scheme network. In particular, we recommend that designated service provider partners should be appointed after an open tender process with the results of the tender being lodged with the supply side regulator for health. Designated service provider contracts should be no longer than two years. Finally, the health market inquiry has found that some of the ethical rules of the HPCSA have an adverse effect on competition, and we recommend that these rules should be reviewed. The rules as currently interpreted make it difficult for multidisciplinary practices and partnerships to be set up and for effective alternative reimbursement models to be developed. The rules should be reviewed with the aim of creating an environment that allows practitioners to adopt new and innovative models that may lead to better outcomes for patients.
And that was the chairperson of the Competition Commission's Health Market Inquiry, Justice Sandile Ngobo. And for more on this, we join now by Dr. Katleho Mutudi, who is uh, the Managing Director of the Board of Healthcare Funders, who represent medical aid schemes. Dr. Mutudi, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Afternoon, Sakina. I'm very well, thanks. Uh, please give us your uh, first reaction to the findings, especially regarding the contentious issue of pricing. Yeah, um, first I'd like to say that we, we welcome this report. Uh, the judge did say that it's 800 pages, so we'll study in detail. Uh, first, first thing uh, around the, the findings, I think it confirms firstly the mandate of the commission uh, in terms of the two areas. One, to examine whether there are anti-competitive uh, trends uh, in the private sector. Secondly, to investigate the increase in uh, private sector healthcare costs. And I think to a large extent, especially around the second part, they do confirm that private healthcare has become unaffordable. And this is what uh, we have observed. Uh, although we, we have been restricted in terms of the data sets that we're looking at, uh, in that they were only from medical aid and did not really include uh, data that was held by other practitioners and hospitals. So in terms of, of pricing, there are a number of uh, uh, issues that, that have come up in terms of uh, who sets the prices, is there participation, and also the issue of collusion that was, I think, uh, ruled upon by the Competition Commission in 2005, which saw the industry uh, being barred from negotiating tariffs on their own. The recommendations are, uh, are such that there should be an establishment of an independent body that will uh, look through um, price setting. Uh, but there are within that a number of other recommendations that uh, there should still be allowance uh, for bilateral discussions uh, between schemes. And we will examine this and give uh, adequate comment on it mm. uh, in due time. But, but, but just on the issues that you touched on right now, um, if I can just also uh, tease out a bit on that. So first, with regard to the possibility of perhaps having another uh, regulatory body, what is your view on this? Uh, and, and do you think that this means that the Council for Medical Aids is perhaps not doing a satisfactory job? The, the current uh, regulatory structures uh, seems to be inhibited by the regulations that are in place. And we, we've always argued that you, you have a lot of councils, but there seems to be no final arbiter on these issues where there is not uh, agreement. And, and you can look at, for example, uh, uh, private practitioners are regulated through councils like the Health Professionals Council, the Nursing Council, Pharmacy Councils. Uh, but they, there is no outright arbiter where there's disagreement. So the Council of uh, Medical Schemes are guided by the Medical Schemes Act and its uh, uh, regulations, but it does not go far enough to address issues like pricing. And that's why uh, in the past when uh, the the Department of Health was uh, in charge of the the, the tariff, DHS uh, in, its, in its former uh, body as RAMS uh, used to be responsible for negotiations. And once in 2005 there was ruled to be uh, almost collusive. There was nobody that was responsible for for those practices. So we do appreciate one that the commissioner said there is a gap 
in terms of regulations that uh, uh, govern some of these issues. And, and the CMS uh, uh, also uh, um, has been found not to have powers over some of the functions that are required. And then uh, you also touched on the issue of uh, pricing yet again. And I know as the Board of Healthcare Funders, you yourself, uh, during some of your recent conferences, have um, admitted concern about uh, the increasing fares. So what exactly is causing this increase? And and what are you doing to assist consumers in trying to control and keep those costs uh, under control? So from the discussions this morning, uh, the 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 is an opinion that there is what could be justifiable cost. And to explain that, so we are aware of the increasing burden of EQVs, uh, some issues of, of utilization, etc. Um, those are part of the, the, the reasons that increase. But they've also now talked about the unexplained factors. And these unexplained factors seems to be uh, supply-induced uh, 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 increases. Um, and, and how they explained is that you might find that utilization increases solely on the basis that the service is available. So there'll be a new hospital that is built in a place, uh, and there's no change in the disease burden. The only change is the number of uh, hosp- uh, hospital beds or the number of practitioners, and that in itself can drive up utilization. And, and this supports uh, the notion that uh, for a long time, uh, when schemes look at their expenditure, uh, up to about 40% of the expenditure would be due to utilization by hospitals. But we haven't been to, uh, able to drill down to, to what extent that is. So to explain many further, this has been driven partly by legislation around what is term, uh, lo- uh, referred to as prescribed minimum benefits. The way the regulations are set, is that schemes cover mostly uh, these conditions that are grouped under PMDs, and most of them are treated in hospitals. And that's why uh, there has been a skew towards uh, hospital expenditure for medical aid schemes. Is there anything, though, that can be done to assist consumers in trying to, you know, get these costs under control? The, the, The first uh, uh, port of call, and this is also proposed in the recently released Medical Schemes Amendment Bill, or the proposed one, uh, is around restructuring of benefits uh, or redefining uh, PMBs to be what are, what are called uh, comprehensive services benefits. Now, this would then focus more on primary care services and health promotion uh, uh, basket of benefits. The argument is that if you prevent disease and, and put more money there, then you will reduce the number of uh, or the expenses that are driven by, by the hospital. So uh, that conversation has, has started. It is also part of the recommendations in, uh, uh, in this report. And uh, we have been part of a, a committee that has been re-looking at the uh, prescribed minimum benefit driven by, by the Council for Medical Schemes. And perhaps just a final one. Um, the report also found that medical aid schemes deliberately package their option, uh, options in a way that stifles competition. Uh, do you admit to that? Is there such a problem within the industry? I think the, the, the problem is the, the issue of competition. Uh, before I, 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 I uh, explain, let me explain uh, the, the basis for, for schemes. 
schemes, schemes are supposed to operate under what is called social solidarity. Now, the various components means uh, community rating. That means you set a rate that is uh, not based on age or other democratic factors. And then secondly, there's issue of risk equalization, which was never fully implemented. Um, and also uh, there's income subsidization. Now, because of the in, uh, incomplete uh, implementation of the social solidarity model, schemes invariably found other ways of competing by introducing a large number of uh, uh, benefit options that would attract uh, young and healthy uh, and, and that created unfair competition in the market. Um, and if you are unable to compete on costs uh, and also add other non-health care benefits, you would find yourself prejudiced. So there, there is that uh, competition, uh, I would say contravention, that the Commission has actually found and is contained in the report. So in other words, you do admit that that problem does exist? It, it does exist, yes.